Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Too Long Just Listen. This is a podcast where I talk about this week's article or uh, just in general, I just didn't talk about what I've been posting on my website, alexone.co.uk. This week, we're going to be doing it a little bit different. Normally, I write the article. I kind of have a very concise point and idea of what I want to talk about um, and discuss in the article. And then I record the podcast as more kind of a thoughts and me just kind of trailing on discussing more of what I've learned and everything. But this week, um, or this episode rather, I just want to kind of talk about um, the current place of esports. Um, I think it's been super interesting. I've seen a lot of videos talking about esports, um, whether it's in a bubble, whether it's not in a bubble, uh, the amount of money that's being put in is alarming or exciting. Um, and currently the games, the big games that are currently in the system. And I think I, I want to just respond and kind of discuss uh, the potential of all these allegations and critics and also the the excitement around it. and I think I think I've got an interesting take that I I would like to share with you so if you are interested at all about esports or kind of my perspective or my my predictions on the future of esports uh please this is going to be an interesting episode for you if you're not um yeah this is probably one that you can very much uh not listen to uh, because I, I'm honestly not sure where I'm going to do uh, with this uh, or how I'm going to actually get to a conclusion. I don't actually know my conclusion. It's going to be a journey that uh, we will enjoy together. So I have very recently, and the two videos I'm going to actually credit really kind of put this whole idea for me to make this kind of this week's or th- this this episode's topic uh, was Philip DeFranco, huge, massive YouTuber, uh, does a lot of news and tech reports and just just news in general. I catch a lot of my news actually from him. He's one of my more major news sources, not my only one. I think it's important to be a diverse uh, person. I think if you get all your news sources from one location, I think you are uh, doing yourself a discredit. But he is one of my main news sources and he recently did what he calls a deep dive into a topic. Uh, and I think it was a well done video. Uh, I don't agree with everything, which I think is also important. If I'm just blindly agreeing with everything he says, it's concerning. Uh, But he talked about how esports has become a $1.1 billion industry, uh, selling out stages, huge prize tickets and everything else, and his conclusion uh, upon how it got there. The other video, and I think this is a... uh, If you're at all interested in uh, esports, you want to go to the... Score. I'm actually currently typing this into my iPad. Um, you want to go to the Score Esports. Uh, they're an amazing Canadian YouTube channel. Honestly, I catch a lot of my information uh, regarding esports on a regular basis. And they have great news. They explain a lot of the stuff that's happening. They explain all, all kinds of stuff within the esports industry uh, and and streaming industry. I think they also do some very very good stories where they've talked about um, streamers like Soda Poppin. They've talked about pro players like Squishy Muffins, who is a person I had no idea about. But learning about his story as a Rocket League player was very, very insightful. Um, Or reliving some of my past life about the Ogre Twins, uh, which if you know anything about Halo 2 is is a pretty cool part of history, especially for esports history. Um, But they they have recently discussed um, the disaster that was uh, CS2, uh, no, CGS, the disaster that almost 
killed esports in NA. Uh, uh, the actual title is How CSG Disaster Almost Destroyed Esports in NA. Um, and I think these are two very interesting kind of topics. Um, obviously, the score esports talking about esports is nothing new. They've talked about everything uh, regarding esports. Uh, the controversy that was happening with Echo Fox um, and why, game, why, why Riot Games need to step in. They've talked about max fixing in esports. I think, I think a lot of this is just interesting to talk about. Um, but I want to kind of discuss um, my thoughts on the future of esports because I think this is a topic that I very much care about. I, I would love to work in the esports industry. I think it's arguably the most exciting part of the video game industry as a whole. Um, it's something I have had some fortune of participation in. I played um, Halo 3 to a semi-competitive level. I played Sokum on the PSP. Garbage game. Well, it wasn't a garbage game. I love the game. Uh, but game, obviously, that didn't have a particularly huge useful thing. But I did play it to the highest professional level. Um, and I played Magic the Gathering to some of its highest professional level. I never made the Pro Tour, but I basically got invited to the American Alternative. And I've played Magic to... A very close to high professional level, and I've played, and I know the grind. I know that what the, what it means to truly try and grind out a game, um, and kind of the the pressure uh, that is put on on it. I have friends that have played in esports teams, um, one in League of Legends. I know a CS:GO pro, and yeah, I've I I have also played Hearthstone professionally, well, semi professionally, but um. The scene and esports is very much a scene I've cared about. Um, I love competition, um, and I love that this is an opportunity for people. Uh, while I've never been on the top top level for any any game of mine, um, I still love the idea. I love watching some of the the Smash Brothers documentary, which is literally just a documentary covering the the gods of Smash, which I think is incredible. I loved watching um, the Mortal Kombat Rise. Um, I loved, I love watching just like esports in general. It's something I'm incredibly passionate about, and the more it's just growing, so is so large. Um, there are very much people, like I said earlier, um, which was oh, let me just remember Squishy Muffins. I've never played attention to Rocket League esports. Uh, that's no shade onto Rocket League esports. Arguably, it's more just. I was not particularly interested in the game. I, I played the game a little bit. I own the game. I have it on my Steam account. I've played it a little bit. And I was like, eh. It was either going to be a game that I got really into and a group of my friends were going to get into or we weren't going to play it. And it ended up being a game that I played for a few hours and that was it. But esports in general, the future of it is exciting. Let's be honest. Like, the future... Esports kind of started over in Korea. Um... Philip DeFranco covered this very vague and quick, but I think it is a very good way, his analogy. It was started over in Korea um, by the telecommunications company, uh, the companies over there, and the Korean government. They saw this as an opportunity because they put a lot of infrastructure in. Uh, video game cafes uh, blew up, and because of this, uh, it was an exciting time. Um, that's why we saw the StarCraft boom uh, over in Korea. Um, and that's how we saw the telecom wars, which are, I will link within the, probably the article, I'm probably going to just do an article on kind of just my thoughts or just kind of brief topics and videos I recommend watching. 
this is a video that the Score Esports did, and I think the Telecom Wars are actually a very exciting thing. If you don't know about the history of the Telecom Wars, um, I highly recommend uh, watching it because it's something that has literally gone from StarCraft to into the League of Legends, um, and it's really exciting. Uh, I think the opportunity within esports is the growth is insane. I'm someone that studied marketing, but I think you've got people that have got presenting to casting to shoutcasting. Like, like there, there are multiple mi micro jobs within there. You've got the sound guys, the, the lighting, you've got business people, you've got the back end, and you've got the teams themselves, and you've got a whole like business behind each team to the companies that are running it, to the people that are running the tournaments. And there's just, it's just such an exciting time, and a lot of money is getting put in. Now, there's kind of, I, I believe, a few schools of thought on where people's uh, perspectives on esports is going to be going. And I think, I think there's, there's multiple avenues. Um, the first one, that this, this is a bubble. Uh, somewhat similar to how NA almost destroyed themselves, and I will be linking that video into um, the article. But I think I think it's a very interesting idea, um, and this is this. I think this whole podcast is going to be more of a kind of mix of a homework talk and also just kind of a me blabbing thing. I've realised I've just talked almost for nine minutes or ten minutes now, so please be aware. This is what it's going to be. So it's a bubble, right? And if it's a bubble, um, when is the bubble going to pop? Who, who knows? We might be already really, really close to the bubble. The bubble might have already popped and we don't actually quite know it. It's going to take a year for that bubble to actually be bust. Or maybe the bubble will pop, pop in a year and then it's all just going to go downhill. I don't think we're on a pop. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near that. I think esports is changing from what it was um, I don't think we're of this quote-unquote grassroots place anymore, and I had a very interesting discussion with one of my friends about this, and I think he did raising some very good points and has let me reflect on all of this. I think esports as a whole within the world is going to be growing. There is a really good documentary on how, uh, I believe, a Pakistani player um, is now one of the top Tekken players in the world, um, and he's seemingly come out of nowhere, but because of that, you've got places within the world, like Pakistan and, pa and India um, and Africa, that just have not even touched, or even parts of South America, that just barely have touched uh, what it is, uh, what esports actually is, which is a huge part of the world and a huge population of it, um, which I think is very exciting because that more people getting involved means well, more money, but also more spectators and more fans, and it's it's just good for the industry as a whole. Um, another video I'm going to be recommending you watch is that video of how he basically came out of seemingly nowhere. The Score Esports did an amazing kind of view on this um, using one of the uh, UK Tekken players as kind of a part narrative tool for it. Um, I think... And this is what I think esports is going to go, um, is it's going to see a very slow growth. I think it's very much accelerated to this point very quickly, and I think a lot of money is going to get thrown into it. Um, and I think investors are going to be surprised when they don't get their return on investment as fast as they expect. I, I would be honest, if I think if I think if you put like 10 mil or even say 100 mil into any sports organization or into parts of competitions or a company into that esports division or something, um, 
I think you are going to see very slow growth um, because esports is still trying to very much figure out what it is doing. These teams are very diverse, and a lot of the teams, it's been known for a while, um, they don't make a lot of money, if any money, from their actual teams. Um, they make it from their streamers. This is why you see streamers get sponsored. This is why one of my favorite uh, streamers, Sonny, um, who I will now link his Twitch and Twitter, he's sponsored by SK. He's a World of Warcraft streamer that, that is not... He is a streamer, first and foremost, and that, that's what he does. Um, but he is sponsored by SK, who I would arguably know. I knew them first because of League of Legends and with Faker. But now he... Someone comparatively speaking, one, an unrelated game, not the same company, this is Blizzard, and they are sponsoring a World of Warcraft streamer who kind of just does some raiding, does some world... He's a, he's a brilliant personality, and this isn't any discredit to him. He is funny, he is excited, he is really uplifting. If I have a bad day, he's he's actually someone that is very interesting to watch and just kind of puts a smile on your face. You go, I can't help but watch him and gain a shit-eating smile. Um, but... That, that's the unrelation, right? So because of that connection, I might be interested in buying some of their merch because of him, right? That's a marketing tool that I think a lot of these esports organizations like um, like TSM, my favorite esports org, have done. They sponsored Zero, who is arguably the best Smash 4 player of all time and, and will ever be, because obviously now that game's gone, now it's ultimate. Um, and I think a lot of people are seeing that a good avenue to sponsor like Cloud9 with uh, Cloud9 who sponsor, oh, I can't remember, but I think it's important to realize that the influencers and just the competitors in general sponsoring them are is how you actually get more of your money than actually your amount that you get for having a team in a composition uh, competition. Now, you might not make it explicitly from the competition, but you might make it now from your sponsors that wear, that are on your jersey for that competition. So. You might have Geico sponsoring Team Solo Mid. I know they're a sponsor of theirs, or I'm very confident that they're a sponsor of theirs. I really hope so now, because I've just gone on and said it. Um, but you have people like Gillette or whomever who can sponsor a company uh, or a team. And then that because they're sponsoring a team, that's money being poured into that team, which means potentially there's less of a reason to actually quote unquote do well. You want to do well, obviously, so your sponsors are happy. But at the end of the day, they just want to be seen as much as possible. Doing well in a tournament means obviously your players get more money and obviously, obviously you get more sponsor money, but, but there's a lot of the time there's gonna just be a deal done and that's it. Um, I think it's interesting because Philip DeFranco raised a really good point that obviously sponsors um, coming into this game, um, a lot of their target demographic are typically harder or it's believed by a marketing company that did this and I will linked to the part of Philip DeFranco's video and then the article um, for this part, that he discusses that the marketing agency have found that typically males between the ages of, I believe it was like 18 to 30, maybe 18 to 35, typically use ad block. And you know, these are people that are more difficult to actually target marketing. As a male that is between the ages of 18 and 35 or 30, um, I can totally agree. I, I I do use Adblock, and I have used Adblock for pretty much my whole life, uh, or at least since I've had my own computers, which has been a very long time. I would argue the fact that I 
do question the fact that is it easier if I'm watching an esports live stream, will I see an advert? Probably. Yes. I I definitely have seen the the amount of ultra pro slash ultimate guard uh, like adverts I've seen on Magic the Gathering streams, whether that is Wizards Official one or Star City Games, is it's unre unrealistic. Like it's insane. And I I, I, for part of a reason, I understand why, but I honestly, for another reason, I don't really get why a big brand hasn't just come in. There are like 10,000, 20,000 people watching these streams sometimes. These aren't huge numbers, and I totally agree, but getting your advert consistently in front of like 10 to 20,000 people, a consistent amount, where your return on investment probably has to be about 5%, maybe 10%. You can, can't probably guarantee it, but 1% easy. I don't, I don't know what the return on investment is for a video production. I don't know what it is for when you're paying it. And also it depends on how much money you're paying for these slots. And yeah, obviously it's a big deal. Like you need to basically have the crunch money. But I think the reason I, I expect there's going to be slow growth is because of something like this. Now, a counterpoint uh, to this and why we might be in a bubble is obviously the recent departure of the president or the chief operating officer who, who's, her name has completely disappeared from me, but she has been with Blizzard for something like 13 years, at least 10 plus years, and she left. And she left and she cited something along the lines of wanting to leave because it just wasn't going anywhere. Uh, let me see if I can actually find that. Um, but I think there is a really good point that potentially esports could be on a bubble. If you have someone that has literally been trying to grow one of the new leagues, obviously that being uh, one of the new esports, obviously that being the Overwatch League, deciding to leave um, because of it, um, it's, it is concerning, obviously. Because um, uh, it's like, what's, what is the future? Uh, one second, I'm so just going to put the article up and I'm going to put it as a bit of homework to link over to. Uh, but basically it was a reference that uh, Kim Pan, uh, the global product director of Blizzard Esports, um, who was actually, I was correct with saying 13. She, she is set to leave uh, partly due to morale problems. Um, the article goes on to explain that this is weeks after another uh, person at Blizzard, Nate Nazaha, uh, the Overwatch League's commissioner, announced that he was leaving for the rival company of Epic Games. So obviously, them, obviously, that's an interest, um, potential just interest that obviously that's not the scene dying. That's obviously just one person potentially going over to potentially what they see as the future of esports, that he sees Overwatch as a dying game, which while you can't get actual player numbers for the game Overwatch, I don't think is crazy to assume. I think Overwatch is very much um, smaller than what it once was, uh, especially several years ago um, when it was a lot larger. I think the game has seen a slight decrease in player numbers. I don't know that for a fact, but um, I would argue it probably is lower, uh, like a lot of the Blizzard properties are, and this is why there has been some layoffs recently. This is why some people are leaving, choose to morale and everything else. Obviously, Epic Games has also recently acquired Rocket League. So they got F Fortnite and now Rocket League. So uh, potentially that will be interesting for him to pursue the future of those as the commissioner. 
this news continues to trend negative headlines for Activision Blizzard, including hundreds of layoffs made to company despite record revenue. Now, this isn't too surprising. We've been seeing this from Activision Blizzard, and uh, this is this is a whole nother topic. I don't, I'm not really particularly interested in getting into, but um, obviously this this is something that a lot of people have been seeing, um, and that's potentially potentially Blizzard is in trouble. The actual company of Blizzard is in trouble that they have seen insanely huge amounts of success, but uh, because they're not seeing the kind of success they want, they're seeing it through their microtransactions rather than actually game sales, which, I mean, I'm sorry, but the days of World of Warcraft are not there anymore. Potentially it will be in the future, because obviously you don't know. The future of WoW could grow exponentially, especially with Classic coming out, but I, I wouldn't bank on that being a long-term one. I'm happy to be wrong about this, by the way, but I think it is something that's important to understand that the days of World of Warcraft being the biggest game is not there anymore. The biggest game now is Fortnite by, by a pretty big margin. Obviously, when it comes to esports, prize payouts, um, Dota and Counter-Strike are the big ones, but obviously we will see the future of that with um, probably Fortnite potentially taking that top spot um, in 2019. We are wait. We will, are yet to wait and see. Now, the other topic that I could easily see going is obviously esports continues to grow at this insanely alarming rate. Now, with a lot of people putting a lot of money in, there's obviously room for a lot of growth. Uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily correct. Just because the games market and just because esports in general is seeing a huge influx of money doesn't necessarily mean that there is actually a positive future for esports. Um, it obviously money cannot do a bad thing, but it it might also not be a good thing. It might not actually help uh, in the situations you're expecting and potentially might actually cause problems. My my concern is say there is hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions, arguably over the next few years coming into the scene from sponsors to just people signing into teams, celebrities, rich money. People in general, there's a lot of money coming into the scene, which obviously is great for the players uh, and potentially can be incredibly good for sponsorships, uh, well, for viewers. But my, I can't help but have this like slight nagging feeling in the back of my head thinking, this is good for now. But the problem is, and this was a point raised in Philip DeFranco's video, and it's a point I've been thinking for years. Okay, so the current big games, you can argue, right, are things like League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike, you've got Fortnite now, PUBG, you've got Rocket League, uh, you've got a few others here and there, you maybe can argue Overwatch and Hearthstone and a few others. But there aren't loads of games, and it's very easy to see something like Apex Legends, which recently came out of nowhere, had a huge amount of money thrown into it marketing-wise, though that was done at the non-traditional way of marketing, which I think was a very interesting point of view, and I will actually put that as a video to watch um, in regards to how their marketing was so effective because they used Twitch streamers and influencers to promote their game as opposed to doing the normal adverts and doing the hype thing. They kind of seemingly released it almost out of nowhere. They didn't. They knew exactly what they were doing. And I think this is a very interesting point of view. Now, because we saw something like Apex Legends come out, which is arguably the superior game when 
when you compare it to PUBG, Fortnite, um, and maybe any other Battle Royale games like DayZ, or no, Z1, or whatever the fuck that's called. I don't agree that that, because a game has superior mechanics doesn't obviously mean it's success, which by Apex Legends so, um, measure, we, we haven't seen. It, it, I think it is a very good game, and I think it, mechanically it works very well, but the problem is it's not performing to the highest level, and the, I don't think Twitch viewerships is particularly a great way of looking at it, but the game just is dropped off. I, I'm sorry, but the game has dropped off. Like, it is not the top dog anymore. It has not been the top dog for yonks, basically, since it really came out, after the first few weeks of it being out. And that's just the nature of it. People aren't interested in watching, and as such, probably people aren't particularly interested in playing. The game has seen its hoorah, and that's it. So, my concern is, obviously, Fortnite has been in the spotlight for about a year or two now. I think it's like two years, maybe. Maybe three? I can't remember. I can't be able to Google it either. But if there is success for Fortnite and the potential of not only the success for Fortnite now, what games are going to be successful in five years? What's going to be the top game in ten years? Like, with the way with football and rugby and American football and baseball and golf and everything, right? The rules have virtually stayed very similar for the past hundred years. Yes, there's been slight changes with potentially the ball they used in golf, or how much, or, or the irons you're allowed to use in uh, in in golf again, or maybe the ball that was used in rugby, or maybe the bats that were used in baseball. I don't, I honestly I don't know here, but I'm just offering suggestions. Very minor changes and more to prevent legislation. A good one for that I know off the top of my head that is a fact that's relatively recent is in swimming a few years ago about 15 maybe 10 years ago full body swimsuits were the, the norm and like a lot of people said it was what you should use and it gave everyone a competitive edge because guess what you less drag makes sense became illegal no one does that anymore because you can't you're legally not allowed to so obviously you see that sort of thing and it goes okay we just revert back and it's very very straightforward these are these are sports esports I just, I do worry that potentially the bubble we're in is a bubble we can't see. What happens when in 10 years or 15, 20 years when maybe a game like Dota, um, its third iteration comes out, so say Dota 3 comes out and it doesn't captivate people? Uh, Counter-Strike could be another one. While we've seen success with the new Counter-Strikes over and over again, I, I do worry that potentially maybe Counter-Strike, because of its inherent use of virtually staying the same, just up in the graphics, is, is good, but is that what's going to save it long-term as an esports perspectiveship? I hope it does. I just I can't help but have this nagging thought in the back of my head if... Okay, lots of money's coming in now. That's great. Billions of dollars potentially might be coming in over the next five or ten years. But what are the games that are going to be big in five or ten years? And I, I can't tell you that because potentially that's not even a game that's been thought up. Hell, it might be a game I work on and I don't even know. Like, it, it's that kind of insane, crazy, exciting, but at the same at the same, at the same time, kind of worrying thought that the games that are big now might not be big in a few years. 
you just have to look at something like StarCraft, the original StarCraft, which now is, you don't play it competitively, you play StarCraft 2, but now StarCraft 2 isn't competitive, so whatever. Halo 2 and 3. No Halo game's really that big anymore. Let's be real. Call of Duty has a competitive scene, yeah, but it's nowhere what it used to be. That's just being honest. It kind of sucks, but it's being honest. And esports as a whole can very much see this kind of dip and dive. Sometimes it's going to be very successful for a team, and you can potentially see a lot of uh, progress coming from it. But my concern with some of esports is that it might be successful now, but is it going to be successful in 5, 10, 15 years? I don't know. Um, and I can't help but I thought thinking it's not the money that's going to be there, it is it is the game, or the game's going to be there. And you can argue something like League of Legends is doing what they need to do to survive, because the game now is very different to what it was when I first played it four or five years ago. And it's probably going to be very different from now in four or five years, because that, that evolution of change needs to continuously happen. I think Dota's done very similar things. And you wonder, is that what's going to be able to keep it going for the next five or ten years? I, I don't know. And this is not a question I can actually ask. I just like to ask the hypotheticals. If you out there actually have a thought, please, by all means, get in contact with me, either at Mars one or on Twitter, or you can just pop us an email um, over on the contact page. Um, I think it'd be really interesting to hear your thoughts and points of view. I think there are these kind of three turnouts. There is the bubble pops within the next year or two. Potentially lots of money comes in and it just kind of kills the industry. Uh, I don't think that's ever realistically going to happen, especially with the amount of growth that's happened around the world. But I might be wrong. Um, potentially if another recession or something happens, esports is probably going to be one of the first things that kind of starts to die out. People are just going to be like, oh, I'll watch people play on Twitch, but I'm not going to pay to watch, um, and I'll pay to watch, like, some stuff. Oh, like, I'll pay to watch a tournament. I won't pay to watch a tournament. I'll watch it free on Twitch, because, like, why wouldn't I? But I'm not going to buy any of the stuff they, that the, the sponsors want to do it. Think about it. A recession hits, people, uh, sponsors and marketing and everything else is one of the first things that goes, because people start going to the basic stuff. People don't have money to spend on frivolous things. That is a concern. I don't know if we are in a recession. It's just a hypothetical, by the way. Do not take your um, business forecasting advice from me. I, uh, <laughs> I am definitely not the person you should be getting that from. We could potentially start seeing very slow or minor growth, which is what I assume is going to happen. I think, I think we hit this billion dollar figure very quickly. Um, but I can't expect it to say is going to keep growing at this exponential rate. I just don't believe that's the case. I think potentially it's going to take a lot longer to potentially hit that two, three, five billion mark. And, um, I think that's just the nature of the industry, um, because it's seen a lot of growth in a very short space of time. And I think Fortnite has very much accelerated it to that place, um, but we don't know the longevity of a lot of these games. Um, and that's part of the excitement and part of the fear uh, that I imagine both the developers, the players, and the spectators all slightly have. Probably not the spectators, because when they get bored, they'll just stop tuning in. But obviously the brands, the teams, and everyone else, this is a concern for them, because obviously they don't know how this is going to go down. 
And, and it is worrying, right? Or potentially I'm wrong and there's going to be huge amounts of growth and it will last for the next five or 10 years and it's going to be perfectly fine. A lot of money coming in can just, just be a really good thing because all this money is going to be thrown in. It might actually just be like, oh, well, now we can actually afford to do a lot more because suddenly more money's coming in, the brands feel a little bit more at ease, the teams feel a little bit more at ease, the sponsors feel a little bit more at ease, and so the investors, by proxy, feel a little bit more at ease. And because everyone's putting in more money, suddenly the industry as a whole continues to grow. I, I think the future of esports is incredibly exciting, and regardless of what's going to happen, I can't wait to watch it unfold and potentially even work within the industry. I think... in Esports is one of the most exciting sectors of gaming as a whole. The idea that people get to compete at the highest level within a game and get to showcase their skills is fantasizing for me. I, I can't actually imagine anything more cool, honestly, that, than that to me. I remember watching very old videos of MLG, like MLG videos of halo and i was just captivated by it watching these videos and try to emulate some of the quick scoping stuff and oh man like it's stuff like that that takes me back and i go i remember why i used to love watching esports and you just you like now i have like a web like like a channel like the score esports and i get to watch new i get to go on the internet and find like esports uh, e East insider and i get to catch up with all the esports news and it just excites me and something like Twitch, which has literally changed esports for better because now anyone can watch esports. If whether you're on the tube or you're on a train or potentially you're halfway around the world, you're staying in a country you don't know, but you've got a phone on you, you can still catch up and stay caught up with your favorite esports team just because like you don't ever get really get disconnected now. So you can always stay in line. So esports is became so much more accessible from a spectator point of view. And I think that was one of the things that was kind of hurting the industry because outside of being on TV, like being on ESPN or something like that is just not realistic. In the grand scale of things, it's just really not. But potentially, obviously, having this opportunity for being an actual sport and now the visas coming through for america teams and i think the potential of the growth of the industry to really like now be viewed by anybody i could be a halfway around the world but if i find out there's a tekken tournament i'm really interested in watching i can watch that oh oh my god the tekken world championships are happening i want to watch oh my god mortal kombat smash tournament i can you can tune into this stuff and you can watch people and become a fan of a brand and not only a brand but a player and you can build that connection. Honestly, I think if it wasn't for Twitch, I probably wouldn't be particularly, I probably wouldn't follow Smash at all, and I probably wouldn't follow Zero at all. I don't really follow much of Smash in general, but Zero is one of my favorite players, and I follow a few Smash pros on my Twitter. And I think if it wasn't for watching them on Twitch, at uh, things like Evo, um, and maybe uh uh, summer, summer, summer smash. I can't remember what it's called. Summer by the Bay or something. Um, watching a few of these tournaments, I would not be the fan that I am now. Um, and I think because of that, Twitch has allowed obviously viewership to skyrocket into a place that was unknown. Because let's be real, 
they weren't ever going to put the Dota World Championships on TV. It just would cost too much money to put it in every single country. You're just losing money at that point. Whereas you post it on Twitch, it's free to, it's virtually free to post your stream on Twitch, probably for a huge company like them. And all they do is they make money because of their sponsorships and their brand deals and potentially a bit of money actually through Twitch itself, through having people watching adverts and everything else. And this, this is what I think is exciting. But these are some interesting thoughts. I haven't really come to a conclusion. I I think that's I think that's an interesting point. I think there are three points of views. I think there's going to still be slow growth, um, and I think obviously there is opportunity for more games to come out and potentially have very successful um, esports scenes that are relatively have huge fan bases that a lot of people just don't know about. I think this you see this already with influencers. There are people on YouTube that probably have like several million of subscribers and you never would have heard of them but because they're incredibly successful in their own niche people follow that niche this is the same with esports and i think that's what's exciting because people can follow a niche and become incredibly invested into the players and the players themselves can have a successful twitch stream and youtube where they don't have to be huge but because they are competing they get to build this following I don't know. I, I could keep waffling on about this, but I, I, I'm excited for the future of esports, and I really do hope that esports continues to grow. Um, I think it's incredibly exciting where esports is, and I think the future of esports can go in multiple ways. So thank you very much for listening. If you do have any thoughts on this episode of Too Long Just Listen, please, by all means, get in contact with me. Um, I recommend, obviously, going over to my website, alexswan.co.uk, uh, to kind of get an idea of all the stuff I talked about, if you're interested in the videos, um, there's going to be a bunch of them. I will put them into the description of this podcast, but uh, it's going to be far more formatted well, uh, or better. Um, and I'm also just going to probably have it in order in which I talked about all of them. Uh, so that should also help make some more sense. If you want to get in contact with me, by all means, get in contact with me over on Instagram or Twitter at masterone.com or Get in contact with me over email. That's muswanbusiness at gmail.com. But thank you very much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.